Kings chapter 19. If you don't have a Bible, um, that's okay. There's one in the pew in front of you. Be welcome to use pew Bible. I believe that'll be page 301 if you're looking for that. And, and again, no shame in using the table of contents, learning how to navigate uh, the Bible yourself is an awesome thing. And First um, Kings chapter 19, we're in this, um, as you're looking for that, trying to find your spot there in the Bible, we're in this series called Abide Rhythms of Rest, learning how to slow down in a new year, learning how to uh, continue our connection with God and, and, and maintain that connection. And um, came across a story this week, my kids are actually making fun of me for listening to this, but that's okay. And um, story starts in Japan. That's where the fever began back in 1977 with a young uh, employee at the Namco company in 1977. His name was Toru Iwatani. And um, he had a vision as this fever began, um, as he was designing video games uh, to spread video games to the the masses, to people who, um, you know, didn't always play video games, you know, ladies, kids, because mainly back in those early days of video games, it was just guys playing video games. They were playing some Galaga, some shoot 'em up type stuff, and um, and old Toru decided he would make a game that was inspired, apparently, by looking at a round piece of pizza that had a slice missing out of it. That's according to the legend there, and um, the game... Uh, originally was called Paku Man. For the Japanese slang term, Paku Paku, which which would be chomp chomp in Japanese slang. And he created this game, this first maze game. You may know it as Pac-Man. That's where the fever began. And, uh, and as they introduced Paku Man in Japan in the arcades there where kids would go to play Paku Man, it uh, took off. People didn't think it would take off, but it, it did appeal to the masses, and everybody uh, enjoyed playing um, Paku Man. And then at a trade show uh, where the Bally Midway Company was from America, they learned about this Paku Man, and they decided to bring it to America. Uh, they originally changed the name to Puck Man, maybe thinking because he was a circle puck, but that was falling short, so they just changed it to Pac Man. And, um, and the story and the fever took off from there, such as we have this thing actually called Pac-Man fever. Uh, 2020 would be the 40th year anniversary of uh, this uh, game. And uh, back in 2010, Google released a free version you can play online. I highly recommend it to you for your spiritual growth. And, um, and, uh, but it, it's a different kind of maze. It actually spells the name Google. And so there's some inconsistent things there. I, I don't really like it. Um, but, you know, hey, if you just were looking for a Pac-Man fix, this could hook you up. All right. Any Pac-Man people in the, in the house? Have you played Pac-Man? Raise your hand. Played Pac-Man? Okay. Good. All right. I know we're, we're talking to the right people now. And um, for those who have not, we will pray for your soul. And um, But as you can see, it's a maze game. The job of Pac-Man is to run around, eat all those little yellow dots. If he eats a big yellow dot, that's called a power pellet. As he's running around the maze, he's being chased by these ghosts. Uh, when you eat the big power pellet, uh, you can then chase the ghosts. You, you sort of gain this invincible status. You eat the ghosts. Once you eat the ghosts, uh, they just turn into a bunch of eyeballs, and they return back to the middle, which is kind of an interesting um, thought anyways. And so Pac-Man is just chock full of valuable spiritual lessons, right? And uh, growing up, I learned these lessons. The, the, the first lesson is um, run away from ghosts. That's a good spiritual lesson, just not the Holy Ghost. Um, also, the, the spiritual lesson that it taught you is just eat incessantly, right? Just keep eating. And um, every once in a while, throw some fruit into your diet. Because some of you know there, there is a little piece of fruit. There's some cherries, some strawberries, some peach. Those things will come into the game. You get extra points if you eat fruit every once in a while, not regularly. Um, and when all else fails, when you're stressed out and things are not going well, just take a pill and you'll be fine. And... Um, that's kind of the message it gave growing up. No, seriously, though, what is the message, I think, for us as I thought about this and thought about the spiritual tie-ins there is that I think we often live kind of like Pac-Man. A lot of us live in a maze, don't we? We feel like we are trucking day in and day out, bumping against walls, uh, trying to figure out this thing called life, and it feels like a maze. And for a lot of us, we feel like we are being hounded and chased by some things. 
buy some ghosts, baby. Buy, buy things that are causing pressure and stress in our lives, and they are coming after us with relentless abandon. Maybe for you, uh, the, the ghosts are literally uh, ghosts of the past, right? Uh, for decisions you've made, things that you have done that you regret, uh, choices that have gone on, the sins and the actions that you have done last week, last year, and, um, and, and those things are hounding you. Some of you is even as recent as, as this weekend. And, um, and, uh, and, and you come into church today kind of hoping to, to absolve of your sins uh, for the things you did last night or Friday night, and, and you're feeling hounded, right? Uh, others of you, maybe it's just um, dealing with a divorce, dealing with some broken relationships, and, um, and there are some things going on there, and you feel like, man, that thing just won't leave me alone. It's forever in the back of my mind. And those choices I made are, are, are just there. Uh, maybe it's a work situation for you, the pressure you face there, uh, or some of the things that have gone on there. Maybe for you it's just forgiving yourself um, for some of these things. Others, maybe we just feel hounded by the responsibilities we have to care for children, to care for parents. Um, uh, the, the responsibility just seems to be constantly at our back, and it seems like it is forever chasing us. And, um, and there's a struggle, right? There's just pressure uh, media puts pressure on us, social media puts pressure on us to look a certain way, to have families that uh, uh, look a certain way, to have kids that behave a certain way. or uh, And there's just this constant thing chasing us. Maybe for you it's it's trying to achieve something and improve. You're in school and you're trying to get this degree and you're trying to show everybody that you can navigate it and prove who you are and it's just hounding you, right? And um, and a lot of people, though, we're, we're looking for power pellets, right? We're looking for a power pellet to energize us and to strengthen us so that we can take on these ghosts. And for a lot of people, we feel like Sunday morning for believers, Sunday morning is like your power pellet, right? You're like, Pastor, man, Sunday morning, is, it just gets me hyped for the week. I'm just ready. Man, I'm, I'm singing. I'm worshiping. And I, I just feel God's presence. I get to be around some other believers. And they, man, they encourage me. And I get to, man, hug on people and love on people. And, and um, you know, I'm singing the song, Life is Worth the Living. Just because he lives. So they wouldn't let me sing on the worship team today, so I had to get mine in anyways. And, um, you know, I'll get it in one way or another, Kay. And um, so Kay was actually the only person on the worship team who did suggest that I join today, but no one else had faith in me. But um, I just take it. And so, but, but it's like this, it's like a power pellet, right? And it's like, man, I'm encouraged by the word of God. I'm encouraged by the reading of scripture. I'm encouraged by the message. And, it, and it's like, finally, for once in my week, Man, on a Sunday, I feel like the ghosts do a 180, and they start fleeing for me, and I feel like, yes, I am ready. Maybe for you, it's your group. You meet with your community group, and you're encouraged. You get to sit around and talk and share prayer requests and study the Bible and ask some questions, and, and people are sharing, encouragement, and you hear somebody else share a story, and that encourages you because, man, they're, they're, they're in your group, and they're talking about how they overcame this and how they're struggling with this, and all of a sudden, your situation doesn't look as bad anymore. And, uh, or maybe you hear them talk about, man, they had a, a gospel conversation with somebody at work, a spiritual conversation with somebody at work. And you're like, man, they did that? That doesn't seem that hard. It gives you confidence. I could do something like that. Or, or maybe you're single and you're at your community group and, and someone else who's single in your community is talking about how, hey, look, God has just made me content right now. And, and I don't need a relationship. And, I, man, I'm, I'm just telling you how God is filling me up. And you're like, wow, man. If they could be like that, maybe I could have this contentment in my life as well. And so you just feel like you got a power pellet or or maybe you're a caregiver and you're taking care of a, of a loved one. And it's just, man, 24 seven around the clock and you're worn out and you and, and you get a break at your group and and you get to be prayed for. And people are man lifting you up and saying you can go back to and you feel like, yes, I can go back now. But see, in the game, I don't know if you know this in the game, when you eat a power pellet and you start chasing those ghosts, it wears off. Right. It wears off. And then the ghosts come back after you and then you got to run for them. You're like, ah, and um, and how many of you know that, man, the buzz, the Jesus buzz kind of wears off. And um, and you're like, man, I was hyped. I was pumped. I knew Jesus was with me. But now it's like, God, where are you? Do you even exist? Because I'm in the middle of my week. Some of you, it's like it's 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 in the middle of your week and you feel like I'm in a maze. I'm in a cube farm and I'm in a maze. And this person is saying this, this. This person has is, is got drama over here, and I just want to come to work and do what I got to do. Or some of you are in school, and you feel like it is a maze. It is, it is this constant drama. It is constant pressure and constant people judging you for how you look and all this sort of stuff. And the power pellet wears off, right? Some of you, it's not even Wednesday. It's Monday morning, right? And you're like, ah, 
Maze. I don't want to get up and go back. Some of you, it's not even Monday morning. It's Sunday night. It's Sunday night. Let's keep it real. Okay? Your ex dropped off the kids, had a snarky comment to you, and that just set you off, right? And you reply with a snarky comment, then you got on the phone and gossiped about them, then you put a little Facebook post about some people are so rude and so immature, I can't believe they would say X, Y, and Z, not naming any names, not pointing any elbows. I'm just saying my ex is the worst person in the world. And, uh, you know, and it's like that. Some of you aren't even that good. You hit the doors right there. Okay, and you check your phone and you're like, oh, oh, nasty gram back to you. Emoji, emoji, can't tell you what these emojis are. And I send something to you. You hit the parking lot and you're cursing at somebody in the parking lot. Okay, and, uh, and you just go right back to the old you, right? You go right back to the normal routine. It's like that power pellet wears off real quick. And if, you've, if you're a Pac-Man expert, I know some of y'all might be. Some of y'all are um, that mature. And um, you know that um, as you increase levels, the power pellet wears off quicker and quicker and quicker. And, um, and see, a beginner strategy in Pac-Man is, this is what beginners do, okay, is you just get to the power pellets. Like, they're usually in the corners. You get to those as quick as you can. You're like, well, power pellet, I need a power pellet. Get the ghost away from me. You go power pellet, power pellet, and then all of a sudden you got no more power pellets and the ghosts are coming after you and you got all the rest of this maze left. You've got to eat all those little dots before you complete the level. And you're like, what do I do with the rest of my life? And I have no power to face this, right? See, but pro tips, pro Pac-Man players, <clears throat> quite like myself, you know to save your, your, your power pellets. You also know that it's about the moves that you make in between power pellets. It's about the daily things you do that give you, you got to know how to navigate the maze on a daily. You got to know how to navigate the ins and outs on a daily and not learn to depend on those power pellets, not learn how to depend upon those high moments where it's like, oh yeah, worship is great. I felt the Holy Spirit. I got goosebumps. And uh, goosebumps doesn't always mean the Holy Spirit, folks. I just want to keep it real with y'all. And um, you might get goosebumps at a at a concert and uh, that's not the Holy Spirit. And um, And so, Learning how to live in between. It's the moves you make in between the power pellets. I like to call it the dailies. And so that's the title of the message. So go ahead and find a neighbor, one that you like. You'll have to meet your other neighbor on the other side, behind you, in front of you, and tell them it's all about the dailies, baby. That's right. I'm just helping the single people. It's all about the dailies. Pick, pick somebody else around you. Tell them it's all about the dailies. If you got to turn around and, and meet somebody, it's all about the dailies. The dailies, the dailies, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean, Pastor, the dailies? I mean the things you do day in and day out, the dailies, the dailies, not, not, not the dailies. Maybe I've got to enunciate it a little better. Some of y'all just told your neighbor something. I don't know what you told them. And um, some of y'all were just heard the word baby. You were like, baby? <laughs> the dailies. Living in between the power pellets, living in between the high moments that, that excite you, learning how to navigate life with God in the middle of the maze. That's what we're talking about today. In this passage we're about to read, there's a guy named Elijah, and he has just come off some, some major power pellet moments. Elijah was a prophet, and um, he raised uh, a lady's son to life. He, um, there was another widow he was staying with. She had no food, and God said, this lady's got food for you. He gets to the house. There's no food there, and the widow's like, there's no food here. And he says, just do this, do this, and he multiplies her food. He has seen God come through time and time again. He's, he's on some spiritual highs. He has what we call the mountaintop experience. He's got the power pellet. The ghosts are fleeing, and I'm feeling good. And, um, and uh, at, at his very word, at his very word, he can command the rain to stop. And so God says, Elijah, it's your word. The rain will stop. And so he, he stops the rain as bringing some judgment to his nation. There was a wicked king who was leading people astray and people were starting to worship uh, idols and, and false gods. And, and they were just being wicked and doing wicked things. And then Elijah, um, after three years, God says, it's time for you to, to call some rain down. But before you call the rain down, I want to do a showdown between you and these false prophets. So gather the people of Israel, gather on this mountaintop, 
And um, and he has this awesome experience where all these other false prophets that the people were starting to follow and they were doing these wicked things. He says, I'm going to see who is real, whose God is real. Are these false gods, these idols real, or is the true God who's been who's been with you your whole life, who's been speaking to you, who's been protecting you, who's been guiding you, who's giving you life every day. I'm going to show you who's really real. And then you got to make a choice. you got to choose this day who you will serve. And so the, the prophets of Baal and these other guys, they get out there and they dance around. They, they build this altar and they say, hey, whatever God strikes with fire is, is the God that is true and real. And, and man, they get out there all, all day long. They're screaming. They're they're hollering. They end up even cutting themselves, trying to beg their God to come through. And um, and Elijah likes to make some um, funny remarks. It's a good chapter to read there in First Kings. I encourage you to read it. Um, and um and so then he gets up and he says, "Hey, it's my turn now." And um and he builds the altar and he gets the sacrifice ready. And then to 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 make it just show off of how awesome God is, he says, "Hey, go get some water and pour it all on the wood. Pour it all on the sacrifices." Douse it all in water. Get it all. And he does that not one time, not two times, but three times. And he, and he just douses in the water and dug a trench all around the, the altar that he built there. And it's just dripping wet. The, the, the wood is all wet. The sack, everything is just soggy and wet. And he says, my God can still start a fire with some wet wood. And, um, and so he prays and he says, God, so that people would know that you're real, so people would know that you're true, show yourself. And God said, bam! Lights it up, and then everybody's like, oh, snap, we're in trouble. And, um, and people start repenting. Great revival takes off, and Elijah's feeling awesome. He's got a power pellet, power pellet after power pellet after power pellet. But then he calls the rain down, another power pellet. It starts to rain, but then he gets a threat. He gets a nasty email. He gets a nasty text message from a lady named Jezebel, an evil queen. She says, I'm going to kill you. I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And you know what Elijah does? He forgets that God exists. He forgets that God was there with him. And he says, wah, and he runs away. And he's like, my life is not worth living. He, he needed that song, right? Life is worth the living just because he lives. But Elijah was singing the opposite. He's like, my life is not worth living because I don't think God really lives. That's really the song Elijah would have sung. And, um. And then we get to this moment where God has to slow him down, where God has to help him learn how to abide in me. And God says, I want to show you how to live in the dailies, how to live in between those high moments, how even in the low moments, I am with you and I am near you. Will you learn to trust me in the dailies? Will you learn to rely on me? Will you learn to connect with me? And so let's pick it up in chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, we'll begin in verse nine. Let's see what's going on with our friend Elijah here. Verse 9, it says this. There, there, he came to a cave. God had to get him into a, a quiet place there, a cave, and he lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, watch Elijah's little um, pity party here. Don't judge him too hard because you've had a pity party a time or two, haven't you? He says, I have been very jealous for God. The Lord God of hosts for the people of Israel, right? As they did it. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am the only one left. And they seek my life to take it away. Verse 11. And he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low Whisper. If you grew up in church, you might have learned that still, small voice. Literally, it means a thin, like a razor thin silence in Hebrew there. A low whisper. Verse 13. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there, there came a voice to him. It was the Lord's voice and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
Elijah still hadn't gotten the message yet, so he goes back on his pity party. Verse 14, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Verse 15, God is going to uh, help him by giving him some more rest and let him know that God has a plan all the time. He's just got to trust him. Verse 15, he says, And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Notice he's sending them out to the wilderness. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel, king over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi. You shall anoint to be king over Israel. There's going to be some change and some leadership here. He's like, I got a plan. You worried about all this stuff? God's like, I already got stuff. People lined up. And Elisha, this was going to be his, his mentee, the, the man he would disciple, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mehola, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet, verse 18, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. What is he saying there in that last verse? He's saying there are 7,000 believers uh, still in Israel. You, you're not the only one, Elijah. There are still people seeking to do what is right. And so it's time to come out of the pity party and, and come trust me. So this is the word of God, folks. Let's pray over it and then we'll make some application and uh, continue on our way. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that is true as it speaks to us. God, it pierces every heart. Father, your word tells us it is living and active, able to speak to each of us, Lord. And we just pray that as, as we started this morning, even in some silence, even in some quietness, Lord God, that you would give us grace to hear you now. You give us grace, Lord, to set aside the cares of the weak, the cares that are weighing down us, the ghosts that we feel are right at our heels, and receive from you, receive from your word, God, truth, Receive from your spirit new life, God, that you would breathe into us. I pray now over every person here. And I pray for you as you're there in your seat. I want to encourage you wherever you are in your spiritual walk, would you just have a conversation with God? Right there in the quietness of your heart, you could pray silently. You might want to say something like this, Lord, speak to me today. Lord, speak to me today. Just repeat that in your heart. Lord, speak to me today. And then say, for I intend to obey. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable. In your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. The dailies. So what are the dailies? Things that we can do daily to continue abiding in Christ, continue to give us strength for the day. So it's not we're just living from one high moment to the next. But in those low moments, we know we have God with us and we are able to navigate the ups and downs. Amen. And by dailies, I mean things that are simple, things that are sustainable, uh, things that are accessible, right? Sometimes we're trying to uh, create this mega plan of how we're going to spend time with God and and um, and you're going to get up at 3 a.m. You heard the pastor quote from Martin Luther last week and you're like, Martin Luther had to pray for three hours. Man, I'm going to get up at 3 a.m., right? And, um, and and maybe God is calling some of you to do that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. But for 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 us to to work, you know, life is built in the daily decisions. Life is built Okay, in between those those moves that we have between those high moments. And what are the daily things? Think about it like this. All of life works like this. Love, friendships, sports, um, all these things are built on the dailies. You want a great marriage? It's not about going uh, to an anniversary trip in, in Tahiti and kayaking up some, some river or, or buying some humongous ring on your anniversary. You know how a marriage is built? It's built on the dailies. It's holding hands. On the couch. It's going out for coffee or for dinner or getting a burrito together. It's going for walks together. It's it's praying with one another in your bed. It's praying for one another before you start your day. It's it's built on those dailies. Friendships are built the, the same way, aren't they? I mean, any area of life, they're built on the daily actions, right? Sports. We were talking about this with our with our guys group. I mean, the greatest athletes are practicing the simplest things, the free throw. They're shooting thousands of free throws, or they're shooting their one shot. If they're a three-point shooter, they're taking 10,000 shots in a week, something like that. I mean, they're just, and they're practicing that same motion, the repetitive motion, over and over. It's not glamorous. It's not beautiful, but neither is holding hands on the couch. But it starts to build something even greater. My pastor, uh, who when I was in North Carolina, uh, he was an old country boy, used to wear some cowboy boots, his name was Rough and Snow. 
and uh, old reference used to say, big doors swing on small hinges. Y'all heard that statement before? It's the little things you do that have a big impact. It's the dailies. And so what are, what are your dailies for your relationship with God? We would all agree we need more of God, right? I need more of God in my life, but it's not going to come through some uh, exciting mountaintop experience always. It's going to come more than likely, more often than not, through the daily routines that you build into your life. And so it's not Sunday to Sunday. It's what are you doing throughout the week? Because if, if Sunday's the only time you're getting a power pellet, you're going to be weak spiritually. If you're not seeking God during the week, what does that say about your love for God? Can I just keep it real with y'all? I know I gotta, you got to tuck some toes underneath the pew there, but don't worry, I'm coming. I'm coming, all right? What does that say about your love for God if, if the only time you seek him is on a Sunday? And so what are the daily things? A richer, deeper walk with God is not going to come from some awesome thing that God speaks to you. It's going to come through uh, everyday daily decision to, to read the Bible, to pray, to, to spend time with him, um, to connect with him. Now, God does want to do amazing things, and I, lo- I love the amazing. That's how I am. I mean, our culture loves that. I mean, you know, you, you get these YouTube ads or whatever, and they show some guy, like, wrestling a shark or something like that or, you know, um, riding through. I, somebody was telling me about a video where this guy was, like, riding his, like, motorcycle through, like, the Amazon, and then he, he rides on, like, the Amazon River, and the Amazon River, like, goes out into the ocean. He's still on the motorcycle, folks, and this motorcycle can ride on the water, you know. And it's like this awesome, and then he rides a wave. He's like surfing on a motorcycle. And it's like, oh, dude, that's awesome. I love those kinds of things. Like, I love watching these base jumpers and people do all kinds of crazy stuff. I love the exciting. And, um, and, and our culture has kind of, you know, conditioned us to, you know, you get another little thing in your inbox or whatever. You get a little ad. It's like, click on this. Check out this video. Watch this guy. You know, check out this thing. And, um, and we think that these awesome healings and miracles, we think we're going to live a life like Elijah. These miracles and these healings are going to happen left and right. God does want to do amazing things. God does want to do miracles. But we don't live there. We live in the everyday. There are those mountaintop experiences, but we got to live in the everyday. And so what are your dailies? I want to give you at least five of them. I want to encourage you. I've been encouraged in these uh, to help. And so the first one I want to give you super, super important, super hard to do, but you can do it. Number one is unplug. Unplug. Create some sacred spaces. Maybe another way to say it. Unplug. We live in a world, man, that there is a sustained assault and an attack on our attention, right? I mean, our very attention, it's like the last great frontier that that advertisers are trying to buy up. Everywhere you go, there's some kind of ad. There's something competing for your attention. There's a notification for this. Everything wants to give you a notification. I download a new app. I'm like... Will you give this app permission to give you notifications? I'm like, why would you ever need to notify me about something? But everybody wants to do that, to, to send you something. To, and there is this assault seeking to arrest your attention and my attention. I don't know about you, but I, I got gas one day. Have y'all noticed this? I got gas. I was, I was pumping gas. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice. And it wasn't a person speaking to me. I was looking like, who's, who's talking to this? Nobody else around. I'm at the gas station by myself. It's like 10 o'clock at night. There's a TV. Have you seen this? It's a TV on the gas pump, people. And they're advertising to me. They're sending me videos there. Every spare moment is like taking up my attention. I didn't ask for this. I didn't grant you permission to give me gas station TV and, and give me the latest pop culture news. But it's like assaulting me everywhere I go. And, um, and, and we're technological people, and I love technology. But, man, man it's, it's killing us. It's killing us. And this is not some anti-technology rant, but, but knowing that we need to have some sacred space to unplug from all that, to unplug from the noise. You go into the gym, and um, I'm, all, I'm in the gym, and there's like 4,000 TVs, right? Everywhere, right? And I'm like, I don't know which one to watch, you know? I'm on the, the little elliptical machine, and I'm watching this one's got HGTV, this one's got CNN, this one's got Fox, this one's got, I don't know what channel that is, you know? And I'm like trying to watch them. And then if that's not bad enough, the machine I'm on has a TV. And then in the middle of my workout, it turns on by itself. Hey, we were in a meeting the other day. Donnie was in my office, and my TV turned on by itself. I don't know what it is, man. It's, and uh, Donnie was like, I guess the Lord wants us to watch um, Clifford came on, those PBS kids. I was like, I don't know about that, man. 
Nobody touched the remote. And so our, our attention is constantly, you've got to unplug. You've got to have some sacred space. Can I ask you, when is yours? Where is your sacred space where, where there's, there's, there's not shouting, there's not music, there's not other people, but you've got a time to unplug? And listen, I'm talking, stay with me now. This is a daily, daily. I'm talking 30 seconds to 10 minutes. I'm not talking for five hours, right? Because last week we were talking about, you know, hey, oh, Pastor, what about this? Or I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm raising kids. Or I'm a single parent. I, I got no time. Listen, 30 seconds. Everybody's got 30 seconds to 10 minutes to, to sit in the stillness and to unplug. Elijah had been running for his life, right? Elijah had been running for his life. He had been going from one miracle to the next, been doing all this stuff. And literally he was running it at light speed. And he was running from some ghosts. He was running from the ghost of Jezebel who had threatened him. And, and then if you look back at the text there, right? Notice how God graciously gives them in verse 9. What does God give them? God gives them a, a cave, right? It says they came to a cave. Even before that, we didn't read the earlier part of chapter um, 19, but he was worn out and, and, and God sent an angel to refresh him and to rescue him and to give him some time to unplug. So when is yours? When do you unplug? Can I give you a few tips that people have shared with me? Some Help me. Some of these I'm still working on. Um, uh, to, to Im- implement in my life, and I'm, I'm doing better on some than I am on others, but uh, they help me, so maybe they'll help you. Um, man, don't check your phone first thing in the morning, right? A lot of us, that's the first thing we check, right? Who texted me throughout the night? What great drama happened throughout the evening? What other country is at war? What other natural disaster is there? What other thing? And we get addicted to checking this thing, or uh, and so don't check it first thing in the morning, man. Just spend some time with God daily. Get get the daily bread, get something, don't check your phone first thing. Give it five minutes, give it ten minutes, and allow God to speak to you. Slow down. Uh, take back your car time. I'm I'm a, like Donna was confessing earlier, man, I love to go, I love to be um, just uh, productive in my time, and so I, I want to read some books, and I get, I get a book list, I'm trying to knock out these books, so I love to read, I love to listen to podcasts on my car time, but sometimes I've realized I just need to have Everything turned off on my car. Hit the power button and just sit in the presence of God and unplug from all that noise and take that back. You know, on your commute, if your commute five minutes, 30 minutes. One thing I've, I've learned to do and, I, and I've been trying to implement is just called a one minute pause before you go to a meeting. Because, like, I mean, this happens to me all the time. I, I go from uh, the gym to my kids, try to help them get breakfast, get them ready for the day, to get into work and, and, and in the car. I'm like, how many things can I get done? Can I listen to a book? Can I listen to a podcast? Can I call somebody that I need to follow up on a call? And I'm, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going from one thing to this and then I get into the office and then six people need this and that. And, and then you go from one meeting to the next. And it's like, anytime you get a few spare minutes of, of five minutes of downtime, it's like, ooh, I could follow up on an email. I could, I could do this. I could, I could check, or I could scroll. And some of us, we, we just medicate, right? That's the other option. I've, I've done that too. I just medicate, right? And I'm just like scrolling because this feels a lot better. I don't want to deal with the ghosts, right? I got five minutes to myself. This just feels, oh man, that feels good, right? Something about that. I don't know why. And, um, but instead of doing that, take that back. Do a one minute pause in your car before you get out of your car and go from one appointment to the next. Just pause for one minute and just say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I got to go to this appointment. Lord, I got, I got stuff going on. My body doesn't feel good. But just a one-minute pause. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm about to go here. One-minute pause. A Sabbath, do you take a day off during the week? God created us to take a Sabbath. It was his idea. may not be on a Sunday. What is your day off? And, and are you doing things on that day that refresh you and restore you? Right? That's a continual struggle for a lot of us. Some of us are worried and wondering why we're so afraid, wondering why our health is the way it is, because we haven't obeyed the dailies. We haven't uh, had, uh, we haven't obeyed God's simple commands to rest. Um, another idea is, is find something you delight in. What are some things you actually enjoy? Have you, do you enjoy crocheting? Have you done that in a while? Do you enjoy sewing? Do you just enjoy a nice bath? Do you enjoy taking a walk? Uh, one guy, he works in a corporate environment. I heard him share this. And he said, man, I work in a corporate environment. I'm on a computer screen all day long. He said, but I love nature. And he says, so I leave a stick on my desk. And people are like, that's weird. But he's like, no, in the middle of the day, I'll take that stick and I'll grab it. And I just got to touch it, something natural that God made, not all the man-made stuff. And I, and I just thank God for this. And I just, it feels, I can't get out of my office because I got a busy. And if I got out of my office, I'm surrounded by a concrete jungle anyways. And, and so, man, so I just get out there and I, I delight in that. 
delight in your kids. Um, I was telling the story to one of our guys earlier because I've been trying to slow down. And, you know, my, my kids, they can, there's five of them. They can be crazy. They can be out of control. And uh, they can be loud. They can be loud. How many know kids can be loud? And, um, and you know, you get home and, like, you want to calm everybody down. But, man, God was just speaking to me because my kids were running around, tearing up the house, going crazy. And, uh, and I was just ready. I was ready to put them all in line and get your kids to be quiet. Let's help out get ready for dinner and yada, yada, yada. And, um, and God was just like, will you just take delight in your children? And, uh, and, I, and I sat there for a second and I watched them. Now watch this. This is a miracle that I was about to miss. All my kids were behaving. They were loud. They were having fun with each other. They were playing some game. And um, I was telling uh, Ron, they were talking about passing gas, and they were chasing each other around, talking about, he's farting, I'm farting. And they were going crazy, all this stuff. But they were laughing their heads off about passing gas. And it was like the greatest day of their lives. And I was about to get on them, right, because they were causing a disturbance in the force. And, um, you know, and I was just like, man. And God was just like, slow down and delight. Look, your kids are getting along. When I was a kid, man, we were, there, were, there were three of us, and we didn't get along. If there was loud noise because somebody was beating somebody up over their stuff and we were putting a hole in the wall or a backside in the wall, you know, like we were wrestling and like, like not wrestling to have fun, wrestling because we disliked each other. My kids were laughing and playing and I would have missed that if I hadn't have been taking these kind of one minute pauses and just finding something to delight in. Take a walk around the building. Um, many of you are able to do that. I was doing that a lot last year and um, one of our Academy workers, I think uh, she was new here. She said to one of our regular ladies, uh, I was Sandy McConnell, I believe. She said, I'm kind of worried about there's this guy walking around the building. He's walking around the backyard there. She's like, I don't know who he's got a beard. He's Puerto Rican or something. I don't know what he is. And he's got a hood on sometimes. And she was like, is there security we have here? And then, and then Sandy was like, I don't know who that is. What, you know, what, you tell me when you see him. And then one time she's like, look, there, there, there he goes again. There he goes again. And then Sandy McConnell goes around. She's like, that's the pastor. <laughs> And the, and the lady was like, oh, okay. Why does he walk around the building in circles? Because he's crazy and he needs to unplug. And, um, and so celebrate, celebrate. At the end of your day, could you find three things to write down to celebrate? Could you keep a journal of, of some things you could thank God for? I mean, these are, these are things unplugged, right? I'm just giving you some very practical, normal things that you can do on a daily basis to help you navigate the maze. You, know, you see what I'm saying here? Because it's the moves you make in between those power pellets that really give you and help you be successful. So number one is, is unplugged because there is just this pressure. There's this pressure to live amazing. Um, and, uh, and again, social media has helped this. You know, everybody's taking pictures of their kids and how much they do this. And they got honor roll and, and they learned how to speak seven different languages. And, uh, and everybody's, you know, Posting this stuff, and um, do you know that that the rates of depression rise um, equally with the amount of time people spend on social media? Like they, they've tracked that. The more time you spend on it, the, the the worse you feel. Isn't that crazy? And um, and so we live underneath all this pressure to be amazing. Kids, kids are growing up today, watching YouTube twenty four seven, and and there's this pressure our kids feel to have a YouTube worthy life. That if, hey, I watch this blog, that girl looks like this in this blog, she does this and that blog, and I mean, if my life isn't as amazing as their life, I must be a nobody. I must be less than that. And they look like this, and they got the right filters and all that sort of stuff. And um, God is not in all that noise and that grandeur and that, and that pressure to perform to some kind of crazy standard that God never set in the first place. And so free them up. We've got to have amazing kids. We've got to have an amazing house. We've got to have... Uh, and amazing, all this stuff, and God is not in that. Look look again at verses 11 in the text there, verses 11 and 12. Elijah was used to the grandeur, right, and used to God working in, in, in a rainfall, used to God working in, in a mighty uh, outpouring of his power. And then God says, I want you to see that I'm with you all the time. Verse 11, and he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by in a great Strong wind tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was what? Not in the wind. See, sometimes we learn how to, uh, these powerful things, and, and oh, that's where God is. That's the only time God works. No, God works in the dailies. Right? And, and, and then it goes, and after the wind, an earthquake, 
but the Lord was not in the earthquake. God is not in all that pressure, not, not always in all this mighty things. Verse 12, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And do you know what's interesting about a whisper? Is that in order to hear the whisper, you got to be close to somebody. And God was saying, I'm right here all the time, Elijah. I'm with you every step of the way. You don't need the big show. You don't need, I am with you when you're at your worst, when you feel like I'm not here, when you're in the cube farm, when you're on the ship, when you're by yourself, when you're lonely at night and feel like you have no friends. I am with you. If you would listen to my voice and my whisper, you would know that I'm right there. It's the dailies. It's the dailies. There's a verse in Philippians Philippians 4, 9, Paul said this. He says, what you have learned and received uh, and heard and seen in me, practice, practice, practice. In other words, do these things daily. And then what does it say? And the God of peace will be where? With you. It's in the small practices of reading your Bible, of memorizing a verse, putting it on your windshield or your, or your computer or your lock screen, all those sorts of things. The dailies. So number one is unplug. Number two is this. Release. Release. This means you just got to surrender control. You got to release. Again, we're under this pressure, this constant media blitz. And oh, man, we hear it everywhere we go. The heartbreak, the trauma, the world, the people, the wars, the bombings. The Democrats, the Republicans, this guy said that, this person does this. It is 24-7, nonstop, earthquakes, fires, impeachments, mass shootings here, hitting us all in our pocket. We don't have a moment's rest of that. And your soul, and my soul, wasn't meant to carry the weight of a broken world. There's only one person who can carry the weight of a broken world. His name is Jesus. Our soul wasn't meant to do that, yet we are trying to do that. We weren't created to carry all that. Carrying all this stuff. And so you know what you have to do? You got to release it. You need to have some set aside a couple times a day or during these brief moments of pause and unplugging. You just need to say something like this. God, I release this to you. God, I realize that I'm anxious about the current political situation. God, I realize I'm anxious about my, my mother right now. Lord, I release to you my aging mother. God, God, I release to you my kid. God, I just give it up. I release it to you. God, the situation at work that just blew up, God, I, I'm surrendering control. I release that to you. You've had to do that a hundred times a day, right? But you got to release it. Look at Elijah trying to carry the, the weight of the world, right? Verse 10, back, back in verse 10, here was Elijah trying to carry the weight of the world. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. And look what he says. For the people of Israel, the whole nation, the whole nation has forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and Killed your prophets with the sword. I, even I, am the only one left, and they seek to take my life away, right? Elijah's trying to carry the whole weight of the nation of Israel. That is, they, they had turned their back on God, but God was working. God had it under control. God had a whole plan to set up and turn that nation back to him. What did he need to do? He needed to release it. So God, I release to you the fires in Australia. God, I release to you this shooting. God, I release this to you. Surrender. And you have to actually say that. I would encourage you to say that. God, I just, I realize this is causing me all this anxiety. I feel like these are ghosts all around me. I release that situation to you. Matthew, we read this verse last week. Matthew 11. You, you, Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says this. This is the message translation. I felt like this was really helpful for me and, and helpful for us. And so I, I wanted to bring it to your attention again. He says this, are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your what? Your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company. This is what abiding means. When we're talking about abiding, it means keeping company with God. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live what? Freely and lightly. When we learn how to release those situations, we're trying to carry burdens God never intended us to carry. Number three is this, pray. And I'll try to move through these 
as we wrap this up. Number three is pray. And by pray, I don't mean go through your list of family. There's a time for that, and I want to encourage you to do that. Please do that. I don't mean your prayer list of, of the lost or, or prayer for our city. I'm talking about daily. The first and foremost piece of prayer is union with the Father. The first goal of prayer is just to be with God. Imagine if I set up a meeting with some of you, right? And I took my list, right? And I set up a meeting and, and I just went through it. And I'm like, all right, so number one, um, okay, tell me about this. Okay, number two, all right. Okay, number three. Okay, all right, good. All right, hey man, got to go. See you later, right? Instead of like sitting down and talking to you, hey, how's it going? And just being with you and enjoying your company. Sometimes we treat God like, God, I got this list and I'm going to go through the whole list of things to pray for and um, instead of just being in God's presence. And so when I say pray, I mean just sit with God and allow his truth to speak over you. Restore that union with God. Then fourthly is this, truth. You need some truth. Because the world is crazy and spitting lies at you moment by moment. Because your own head will, will tend to think of wrong things because of the sinful nature. We need truth. Can I ask you a question? What truth are you currently clinging to you? Are you currently clinging to? Excuse me. What truth are you currently clinging to you because of your story? Something's going on in your life right now and God is trying to give you a truth. And, and are you clinging to that? It is your lifeline. What verse in the Bible are, are you just clinging to because of your story right now? It may change from season to season. Sometimes it might not even be a verse, though, though God's word is the ultimate source. Sometimes it's a quote you read in a book that you're just going to be encouraged by. and You're going to continue to remind yourself of that. But I often notice that God is speaking to me over a period of a month or several months. Sometimes, let's be honest, it's a year and I still haven't gotten the message yet. And God is like, Mackie, I'm trying to work this out of you. You keep trying to squirm out of the way. And so what truth is it? See, again, our culture, because of everything, it shapes us to live off of feelings, right? We go from feeling to feeling to hype to hype to this feeling to that feeling. And if I feel good, then God is alive and God is great, right? If, if I wake up feeling ashamed or something happens and I feel ashamed, I feel like God is probably ashamed of me, right? If I feel disappointment, I may feel like God is disappointed in me. And we base how we feel, we base our whole lives on feelings. And we go from high to low and everything in between. But let me know that we don't live based on feelings. The Bible says the righteous will live by faith, not even by sight, not even by what we see. But the righteous live by faith, not by our feelings. I love what verse 9 says back in the text there. Here's what Elijah needed. If you look at verse 9, it's, it's a key phrase there. It says, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, what came to him? The word of God. The word of God is the source of truth for us, believers. In the gospel of, of, of John, chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. That's what he said in John 17, 17. You may have heard Jesus even say the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And so how are you incorporating daily, daily, I'm talking about the dailies. How are you incorporating God's word into the daily? See, some of us, we want to be spoon fed power pellets, right? Oh, I was so inspired by what the pastor said. I was so inspired by what this person said. I was so inspired. But you've got to not be spoon fed power pellets. You've got to get in God's truth yourself. And so what are the sticky notes that you're putting everywhere? The verses or the phrases? How are you getting truth in you? Man, there was a man who lived a crazy busy life back in the 1800s. He ran an orphanage in England, in Bristol, England. His name was George Mueller. Maybe you've heard of him. And uh, man, they had kids coming. There was a big orphan crisis in England because of what was going on, industrial revolution, all these things happening. And uh, kids were being orphaned left and right. He had, man, hundreds of orphans and he had very low funds and and he didn't do the, the kind of you know he didn't have advertisements he couldn't go to the meeting when he needed something when the orphanage needed something he would just pray and it was sometimes it was daily moment by moment that man we got no food in the storehouse and we got 500 orphans to feed god i know you're going to supply and all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and it's a bread truck hey i just broke down there's no one here to help me could you guys use some bread? Right? 
And these things happened throughout his ministry career there. He never made appeals. He just simply asked his father. But the secret of a success, and I'll share a quote with you. This is what he said. I love this quote. It's always encouraged me. George Mueller said this. He saw, I saw more clearly than ever. I saw more clearly than ever the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day. How many days? Mm -hmm. That's why we call it the dailies. Every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord or how much I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state, how my inner man may be nourished. And I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the Word of God and to meditation upon it. Getting my soul happy in the Lord that comes from His truth. There's enough lies out there left and right. I need the truth of God's Word to to, to stabilize me in a world that tries to send waves to me left and right. And so, truth. And then finally is this. Worship. Somebody like, man, I love the worship on Sunday. It was awesome. Yeah, God was there. Hey, guess what? You can worship every day. And, and listen, get a playlist. Get some Fred Hammond. Get whoever you like. The, 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 yeah, whoever. I can't even list all the various people that might encourage you in your diversity of worship, right? But get a playlist. And I'm not talking about just when you drive, right? That's good. Do that. I'm not talking about just when you clean and do the dishes. That's good. Do that. But I'm talking about, would you just sit with the Lord with some headphones on or with your stereo turned up, nobody else around, and just worship there with Him on a daily basis? Again, we're talking three to five minutes. Simple, sustainable things to help you navigate the ins and outs of this maze. So how would your life look different if you decided to do these things? How would your life look different if you decided to unplug regularly, a few minutes, release, pray, add truth in, and worship? How would your life look different? Would it be different than it currently is? Which one of these do you really need to? And again, I'm talking about dailies, 30 seconds to nine minutes. What could you do throughout the day? Pray the Lord would continue to weigh upon us how we can do these things and what we need to be doing because I know for everybody it's different, but I know, man, it it changes the trajectory of my day when I pause and when I continue to center myself and I continue to abide in Christ. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're like, Pastor, I don't know what all the stuff you guys are talking about. The Bible is is very clear uh, about what is going on in humanity, what is going on in all of our hearts. The Bible has said, all human beings, every one of us, including myself, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and what causes the most destruction in the world is my sin and people's sin. And God has made a way to restore that relationship, to bring healing and hope back to our world. He says that happens only when you repent from your sins and receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. That means your boss. When you turn from doing life your way and you surrender to doing life his way, that's when a person becomes a Christian. We'd love to help you with that. Through this time of prayer, we're going to sing a song here.